0: Welcome to World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason for another Oregon Music News coffee shop conversation. My name is Tom D'Antoni, OMN's editor, and today joining me is one of those people who is hard to categorize. As if we really needed categorization—that's another topic. The topic today is Andrew Durkin, who is generally lumped into the jazz category, but he's much more than that. His new album, his first in a long time, it's called Breath of Fire, and we'll find out why. We'll also find out about humor in music something Zappa used to talk about and Andrew's music has been compared to Frank's. I've found Andrew's new album to be a welcome respite to the awfulness of our current situation in this country. He didn't plan it that way, but let's talk to a singular personality, Andrew Durkin. Welcome back to the Cupping Room. Thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> Last time it was video. As a matter of fact, I, what I you know what, I should rerun that in the at, at, the, at the bottom yeah, of the I page here. What, what was the occasion? Uh, you were. It was a concert. It's a concert. It could have been a Portland Jazz a Composers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah concert. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was, but but who knows. I can't remember anything.
1: It all, it all bleeds together <laughs> after a while.
0: <laughs> so your new album, yes, with a smaller cast, six people. Yeah, yes. yeah, as opposed to your general well cast of a- actually thousands.
2: Actually, with with the industrial jazz group yeah. uh, that had started small. Yeah. Uh, first record we put out was as a quintet, uh-huh. and um, actually didn't kind of balloon to its biggest size probably until we were about three or four years in really? yeah oh. in fact the, that was kind of the um, the dynamic was I started out small and then started subbing in players and liked the people who were subbing in so uh-huh. ended up keeping them in addition to the original players and <laughs> just started kind of building the uh, architecture of the group from there and mm-hmm. uh, I guess probably the biggest we ever were. We never, I don't think you could ever really classify us as a true big band, but we were up to 14, 15. Well, it was big, that's old. big enough. It was loud. <laughs> yeah. let just put it that way. It was a loud band.
0: <laughs> I remember a, a gig at Mississippi Pizza where it, yeah. you couldn't fit them all on stage. That
2: was definitely the biggest incarnation. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was spectacular. Which was hard to do it, in a small no, space. Like it that. was spectacular. It really <laughs> it was. It was a high point. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, it becomes unwieldy after a while to try and do that um, you know logistically and economically, yeah yeah um, yeah, which is not to say that i won 't ever do that again but uh-huh. it's just nice to mix it up a little bit and try for something i've been feeling a little more um, i guess minimalist the last few years for you so for me personally well that's
0: you know that's a different story <laughs> it's all relative right right yeah. Yeah. right right yeah. um yeah i mean you you're not doing music for 18 loud musicians right, right. like <laughs> steve rice that kind of minimalism right. right you know um you know i did a piece on, my, on R- when reich came here for the with for third angle uh-huh. and he uh, he was there for the rehearsal, and and. Like like Thomas Foboda was in 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 the in the orchestra mm-hmm. in the, and I don't I'm not sure that, that Reich knew that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you talk to him?
0: Oh, interviewed oh, him. Yeah, okay. shot the whole rehearsal. It was incredible. It was yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um. Well, the thing was they were scared of him. Yeah. Okay. Of the reputation. Right. Meanwhile, so he gets here and he's just this guy from New York who knows what he wants. Right. He was fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Meanwhile, they thought he was going to like. bite bite their heads off and he he didn't he just knew what he wanted that's all you always know what you want right
2: I do although I'm also open to uh, I mean that's to me that's one of the things about jazz is that you know you have to kind of there's a collaborative aspect to it Mm -hmm. and I try to um, allow for the influence of the people that I'm playing with that's one of the reasons I I mean I I always think that I'm writing for specific players as opposed to Hmm. writing abstract piece that I will then plug players into. So for me it's a very personal experience in a way I even feel even if like I don't get a specific comment or feedback on a piece from the the players who I've written it for I feel somehow like I I, I tend to write with their voice in my head Um, and so I you know I I see that as a very collaborative thing.
0: So you had this group in mind and then wrote, wrote this album for them, or to yeah. them?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I've always done that. That's always really kind of how I thought about music. Huh. Um, huh. It's not, I mean, it's not, um, it's always, it's, it's personal for me. You know? Yeah. It's, it's about community as much as it is about my own statement as an artist, you know, divorced from any connection to musicians the huh. themselves.
0: Huh. Because I don't think most composers are like that.
2: Well, I th- I think probably more are than they even realize. Because <laughs> it's hard, you know. I mean, where does your sense of what a saxophone sounds like come from? Uh-huh. If not from the people you know who play saxophone, well, or the people you've heard—John Coltrane, or
0: <laughs> Sonny Rollins, Charlie yeah, Parker—at I mean, uh, a certain you know, point, uh, Everybody that
2: you hear yeah. is yeah. drawing on the people that they've heard. Yeah, and, you know, so yeah. It, yeah. it's part of a continuum. I, you know I, I think there is definitely a, um, a cliche, I guess, in uh-huh. classical music where the idea is that composers aren't really thinking in terms of specific players. Yeah, yet. but I think you know human nature is such that it's, it's really hard to get away from
0: that. I don't want you to name names, but do you, yeah, it, but in, in addition to writing for their strengths, do you also write, write being aware of their weaknesses?
2: Um, I, I, I guess I don't really think of it in terms of strengths or weaknesses, but just sound, you know, mm-hmm. like voice mm-hmm. um, and uh, the way people play, you know and, and mm-hmm. what makes them distinct. I mean, it's not I try not to put a, a value judgment on it one way or the other. It's just more like a, I know that sound because I've heard that person play and that I sort of recognize that mm-hmm. and I can incorporate that somehow or um, you know, give it a, give it a um, platform
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, th- tell us about this this group.
2: Um, well, this group, uh, as I said, it's a smaller group. It's uh, fronted by two saxophones, so it's mm-hmm. um, both tenor Valdez on alto on alto's alto and, alto and tenor and mm-hmm. tenor yeah. is uh, Tim Wilcox. Uh-huh. Um, Ryan Mars in the group playing guitar. Yeah, um, uh, Todd Bishop is playing drums, and uh, Andrew Jones is on bass. And I, after a long time of not really playing so much in my own groups, I ended up playing a little bit of piano on yeah. the stripboard too. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that's the thing that kind of. How did you find that? How did I find playing the piano again? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, it, it's, it's a bit of a struggle for me physically. Like, I don't, like, I, I deal with back issues, mm-hmm. and so I can't, like, sit down hours on end like i used to and just play without mm-hmm. severe um, yeah. achiness yeah <laughs> which affects how i just think of the whole i'm actually much prefer to kind of be free to stand in front of a group and conduct and to interact with the group in uh-huh. that way as a, as a conductor or leader um, and you know playing i i like to do it it's it's fine but it's mm-hmm. not i don't I've never like considered myself first and foremost as a. That's why so I don't play in other people's groups. Really, I'm not that's not my thing. You know? mm-hmm. um, so you know, it it, it's, it was nice to do in the sense that uh, uh, it allows a different kind of interaction with the group. And you know, I consider all those guys better musicians than I am. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a treat for me to be able to play with them because it kind of raises yeah. the standard of what yeah, I'm capable yeah. of
0: well that's that's an old musician's axiom isn't it to, to, <laughs> you know, to have somebody in the band who plays better than you do yeah
2: yeah, yeah. i I mean it's definitely true in this case yeah I, I, mean, yeah. It,
0: I heard David Bromberg say that one time mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah well, I mean I think you, good musicians are always trying to improve somehow, so mm-hmm. and I think a good musician you know usually won't shy away from a challenge because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. ultimately. If you're really in it for the music, it's not about ego. It's it's about yeah. You know, how can we make the best possible expression? Yeah. Here. So, yeah. To me, that's a that's a formula for achieving that. Find people who are better than you. Yeah. and Try to play with it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, all, although you, it's a smaller group, um, you're, the, the tunes on this album are. Um, and they're definitely Andrew Durkin tunes. You know, I guess. they're
2: definitely dense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, and you know, speaking of voice, I mean that I feel pretty confident that at the point where I'm at in my life, uh-huh. like I've I've reached a voice. I think when I started working with industrial jazz group, I was still kind of searching for that, and there was mm-hmm. a lot more trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I feel like. No matter what configuration of musicians I was writing for, it would still come out sounding like my work somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to describe technically what that is. Like mm-hmm. What is it that gives it that um, specific sound? But um, but I know it when I hear it, and I know how to like find it if I'm working. If I'm starting from a bunch of just mm-hmm. a melodic idea or a, you know. A, a Motif or whatever, I know how to build it up so that it sounds like a piece of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know that this record feels kind of mature to me in a sense. Like it feels like I finally like, whatever its merits in terms of the the quality of the songwriting, I feel like I've sort of settled on a sound that's like, for me.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So. And it still it still makes people smile. I hope so. It does. I mean, it
2: is some people have sort of pointed out how there's like there's some darkness to it as well I mean it's sort of like a mixture well perhaps more than my older stuff but but I think well
0: it's not outrageous yeah yeah you know um especially well uh, there aren't any lyrics you know right right yeah and uh that was you know some of my favorite stuff of yours right <laughs> right Or right. the, the songs yeah there's no vocalist on this record <laughs> yeah. so it's all instrumental <laughs> yeah
2: um but I think... No,
0: you're a serious guy. I don't know. Am I... <laughs> yeah, you are. Okay, you're, you're a, you are quiet. a serious guy. You're no, quiet and serious. And it's the and exact shy. opposite of your music.
2: Well, maybe there's something to that. I mean, music is a way to get out that part of my personality. Perhaps yeah. that doesn't... Yeah. I don't know how to express in a more casual way. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Like, well, here's the go? thing.
0: Here's the thing. Now, I know these things weren't written recently. But given the givens of, of, of what, what, what America's facing right now,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, this, this record could be coming out at the perfect time. Why do you say that? Because it, it helps relieve the ongoing dread and despair <laughs> Jesus, I, I mean, I, I, I. Hope no, that's the it case. does. I it did for me.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it was. I was. I was glad to hear it because I can't get away from it. Yeah. I can't get away from the despair. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, and there you were, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know Dick about music. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything, technically about music. Uh-huh. Nothing. You know. I just know I, I, I know uh, uh, about it as, a, 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 as an emotional expression yeah. given and received yeah. you know and that was good to hear yeah. you know yeah. I mean I think it's coming out at a good time wow. and wow. I would recommend it <laughs> as a prescription <laughs>
2: well thanks I, I appreciate that I felt that way actually there's a piece I'm writing for um, Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble that's going to be performed at um, Portland Center Stage uh-huh. in conjunction with the Irving Berlin show that's happening there. Yeah, and for me, that's much more immediately connected to what's going on. Yeah, just in the sense that, I mean, looking into Berlin's music and hit. I mean, he wrote, uh, you know, "God Bless America." You know, yes, sort of he's associated yes. with some like yeah. very like quintessential patriotic feelings. Yeah. You know for me i mean i at a core level i love this country i'm terrified at the prospect of what's happening to it so you know writing that that piece which is called black and blue skies and sort of a riff on blue skies the, uh-huh. irving, the
0: irving berlin <laughs> piece and
2: uh, really black, and, it, st- black and blue skies start smiling
0: at me smiling at me
2: <laughs> there, it, it it's it's trying to um my feeling is that you know, as I, as i'm writing it i'm thinking, you know, yes, I love this country, but god damn i'm scared of what's happening, yeah, um, and it's trying to sort of reconcile those those feelings i mean there there's there's a simultaneous um, the emotions that I'm, I'm I'm sort of working through in the music are, on the one hand, you know uh, rage, yes, <laughs> absolute you know complete yeah. Uh, just wanting to sort of purge this feeling.
0: I know old men now who sound like Eldridge Cleaver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I believe it. People my age. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: terrifying. Yeah. Um, But on the other hand, you know, wanting to provide something like you're saying, you know, listening listening to the record is, you know, some sense of like what kind of like, I mean, music is sort of an expression of community, I think. And are there ways to try and bring people together to kind of fight against this through music? Um, so, so that's another aspect of it. Um, it's very, oh, the rage, very, rage is appropriate. Well, the rage is kind of foremost. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Well, it, it needs to be expressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I found myself. I was I was writing an intro to a a Q and A Q&A with John Waters <laughs> about his goopy Christmas show that's coming to the Aladdin Theater awesome. this weekend. Yeah, and I just and I found myself. Uh, at some point, writing that we've elected a fool. We're, I'm in the middle of this because I had to. I had to explain that, that we had done this interview before the election. Yeah. And and I, and I said Bef, before we elected a fool. What what's what's that doing in a music magazine? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you have to though. Yeah. You know if you've got if you if you've got a voice and a means to express it, you has got to.
2: That's, I mean, the rage. I think is inevitable. The question is then, how do you, like, what do you do next once you get that expression out?
0: Once right. You... Are you dealing with at all the absurdity of it all? Because it is completely absurd. Uh, given you know, given exactly. the personality of Donald Trump, yeah. it's absurd. It's you. You you couldn't write this. Right, it would be you, it, you, you. You couldn't. No one would believe it.
2: Yeah. Well, to me that's part of the rage. I mean, you, yeah, you know, you're angry because this is such an absurd situation. Again, you know, the question is. I mean, I'm I'm past the point of like. Wanting to analyze it because it's so honest on the face of it, it's so obvious what's happening. Right. So there doesn't need yeah. an analysis. Yeah. Anyone yeah. with eyes can see what's going on. Right. Um, no, I'm, but that's I'm, I'm that's not, of, not that's not true. Well, yes, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm past the point of caring about trying to convince people who don't already right. see that. Yes. yes. Okay. I understand. Really. I understand. I really, I understand. Know, I, there's yes. a I have a limited amount of energy. Right. <laughs> I want to spend it on fighting this situation somehow. I agree.
1: Um, I agree with you.
2: So then the question becomes, you know, what what is to be done? I think, yeah. you know, art and music in general definitely has a role to play, but it's, yeah. there's so much more. Right. You know, you know, it's just, it's sort of, right. that, to me, that's sort of like a, a launching pad to something else. Um, and I'm happy, you know, if my music can play that role. That's great. I, that's yeah. incredibly flattering. But, yeah. You know, I also want to be involved in whatever is beyond that.
0: I don't know if you know who Darka Dusty is. She's a, a singer. She was actually had a, a, a career as a Ukrainian singer, uh, but she's lived here for a long time. I mean, she's, she's an American. She was born here, but anyway, uh, she has a uh, she has a, a a page on Facebook where she's just inviting people to put put music up mm-hmm. that either is um, a, a protest or, or or an encouragement or whatever. And I put up. I found this. Leonard Cohen singing Solidarity Forever. Mm. Mm. Now that's mind-blowing yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> Solidarity Forever. I mean, you know, that voice, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's hard, it's very difficult. Especially for somebody like me who's going to have his health insurance cut off. Right, right. And therefore will die because of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. Um,
2: well, that's all, I mean, it's all, right now, it's all still very, very
0: raw. And it's it hasn't even gonna, started it's, yet.
2: It's probably going to stay that way for a little bit longer. But yeah. But, again, I think, you know, it's so important to start thinking, what are the tactics? You know, oh, yeah. What are the strategies? Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people, you know, coming up with good suggestions. So I think, you know, it's important to kind of keep track of what those are. But right. It's a it's a you know, an ongoing story.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get back to the album. Okay. <laughs> we can sit here and, and be morose for the rest sure. of the rest of the evening. But um, tell me about the title.
2: So the title comes from. a, I mentioned before I have back issues. Yeah. I actually have a it's a disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which is a pretty severe arthritis of the spine and hips. Yeah. And um, so uh, as a way of treating that, I've gotten into yoga. Uh Uh-huh. And um, because the issue with ankylosing spondylitis is that if you you, you, it's chronic, so it lasts a long time. And over time, it can if you if you don't do anything, it can actually sort of fuse your mm. spine um, and your hips and your your neck. So you see, uh, sort of the photos of people who've had this in the past is sort of like you know hunched over and yeah. um, can't get out of that. So one of the um, treatments or uh, therapies is to try and stay as flexible as possible. So yoga is a great great way of dealing with it. There's a breathing technique in yoga called Breath of Fire, which Mm -hmm. um, just has been kind of a. I mean, I I, there's a lot I love about yoga, and it's just Mm -hmm. not anything special necessarily about that breathing technique as Mm -hmm. opposed to any other. But I just I love the name. Yeah. And I love for me it's just kind of a nice metaphor for um, kind of like being stable and grounded through situations that are either chaotic or tumultuous mm-hmm. or sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, you know to some extent beyond your control whether that's something that's happening to your own body or something that's happening politically around you Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
2: so as I'm now sort of passing mm-hmm. entering middle age <laughs> uh, just thinking about you know mortality and sort of you know where things
0: are going wait a minute how old are you?
2: going to be 48 oh fuck you yeah
0: (laughs) you're not even you're not even close you're not you are not even close you're not you're right no i (laughs) and
2: everybody says that when i hear you know 30 year olds complain i say the same thing to them so it's it's always relative (laughs) but i'm aware much more than i used to be yeah i'm yes i'm willing to think more than i used to about mortality Mm -hmm. because it's inevitable and I'm not a particularly uh, religious person, mm-hmm. so I don't have that kind of framework to approach it through. Yeah. Um, I now have, you know, friends who are sick. I have, you know, yeah. parents who are yeah. getting older as well, and so I, it's, I'm just more aware of it. Yeah. And so it's kind of inevitable because I can't, but I can't help but sort of, you know, I can't pretend it's not there. It has to sort of work its way into my art as well. And yeah. So that's kind of how it ended up being a theme of the, of mm. the record. I don't know if you can hear that in the music or not, but I think it's in the titles. It's in the, kind of the way the record is framed. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it's probably there a little bit in the in the music itself too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, uh, with your particular sense of humor,
2: <laughs> humor is a great way to yeah. You know, I mean, it, make it, life more. I believe in with the suffering I, th- that's
0: what I've been saying yeah. you know that's one of the things I found uh, that, that I loved about the album yeah, you, know? You. you know you it, know it really uh, 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 friends and neighbors if you'd like something to take your mind off of things <laughs> and make you and, and give you a respite it's a respite your album is a respite well
2: thank you that's the yeah. highest compliment really yeah I
0: mean it really is I appreciate that yeah yeah um do now I've talked with some people who play with you and they they love it, they love working with you. Do does this group have fun playing your music?
2: I think so. I mean, you have to ask them directly, but yeah. um, I think you can hear that a little bit in the in the sound. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, whenever yeah. I've seen you, whenever I've seen your groups, people are always smiling. Yeah. I know the music is difficult and That's challenging. Yeah. But when they get through it, they seem to be, like, happy about it.
2: Yeah. It's really hard for me to talk about because I don't really know what it's like not to be me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's, the way I write is just kind of like the way I write. It's just yeah. kind of a natural extension of who I am. But people tell me it is, it's kind of weird to come to at first usually the tra- tra- trajectory is people will like at first, if they have no idea what to expect, they're, they're a little weirded out. And then there's a sort of a, an adaption or assimilation process. Mm-hmm. And then there's some conversion that happens where it, it makes sense. Yeah. Whatever the internal logic of the music is, mm-hmm. becomes apparent to them, and then they can sort of go on and say, mm-hmm. yes, I get this, this yeah. works for me, I'll yeah. do it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the experience I've had with, mm-hmm. with um, what I bring into the, in my various groups and so uh, I don't know why I, I can't explain it I can't analyze it I don't really yeah. understand why it happens yeah. and yeah. I mean sometimes I think it's, it may have something to do with the fact that I'm not really you know I don't have a I don't have a pedigree in sort of a jazz education mm-hmm. or you know I don't have the credentials that you normally mm-hmm. would I'm, I'm largely self-taught mm-hmm. And which it has strengths and weaknesses. I mean, there's goods and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a downside to that as well. Um, but regardless, it definitely has allowed me to sort of stay true to whatever it is that
1: mm-hmm. I
0: do. Mm-hmm. There is a rumor going around that the Quadraphones are recording an album of your music.
2: They've already recorded an album.
0: Is that of right? My music, yeah. New that,
2: stuff. That's kind of like I'm really, really, really excited about getting that go because yeah. uh, I just adored
0: working with that group. The cable is pulling it down uh, okay. so you just yeah, other way other way there you go How's very that? good better. much better okay. uh, I, we don't edit so it doesn't matter <laughs> this just whatever happens happens they, they come in and it's grind the coffee stuff. we hear them grinding right. the coffee it's alright so are these new compositions
2: I adored working with the, the quadraphones, mm-hmm. and um, yes, there were some new compositions. There was some. There was an industrial jazz group album that was recorded, I guess, about 2009-2010 that I never released. Really? Um, and so I salvaged some of the music from that. You know, did rearrangements of, of older IJG tunes for quadraphones, but uh-huh. there's also uh, brand new music. Um, and then stuff that I'm still writing for them, but I just, I just, it was a, it was a good, it felt right to me when we got. Oh, together. It's,
0: it's it's absolutely an inspired pairing.
2: They they just, <laughs> on the one hand, they really understood the music, yeah. like very very quickly. Partly that's because both Mary Sue and, and Mika had played in IJG before, yeah. so they kind of knew yeah, what to yeah, expect. Yeah, but yeah. I, there's just something about that group and the way it plays together that was a a really good uh, matchup so were I'm, there other
0: musicians or were just the four just the four of them wow
2: and oh. uh, yeah I have I, <laughs> I'm scheming like I have lots of plans for that um, hmm? for, for that relationship so I hope uh, you know I'm, look, I'm excited to possibly get that record out in 2017
0: hurry up <laughs> <laughs> no hurry up for Christ's sake Will do <laughs> the world needs to hear that <laughs> yeah. really um, yeah I mean they're they're just they're special and they always have been yeah, and they're one of the f- they are one of the few groups other than yours that has a sense of humor
2: well that and then they they just play together so naturally. yeah oh I mean, yeah they, yeah they, yeah yeah it's it's very I mean the cliche of musicians in general is this idea of being clairvoyant. And, yeah. But they really have it. I mean, they really seem to read each other's minds. Yeah. And sort yeah. of tune in, yeah. like, you know,
0: to what to what they're doing. <laughs> so, how did those sessions go? Or was it, was it was it like heavily notated? Or were there places to, for them to solo or how did that work?
2: Well, I mean, all of my music even though it can sound um, highly constructed Route. It does. I, I try to yeah. build in a fair amount of uh, of openness. Um, so in the quadrophones music, there's definitely like spots where I hand over the steering wheel to them and they sort of just wow. take it wow. where they want to go. So oh, oh. Um, that um, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a typical thing for me. But um, they they're they're great improvisers. They're great. Players playing together, and um, they have a great sound, and yeah, it's gonna be it's
0: gonna be a good record. I think. You know, it's funny. Other than there's been some in jazz, but the role of the baritone sax has generally been in other in other other forms of music like R and B. You know, rock, early, especially early early R and B. You know,
2: Well, um, I love Barry sax. Yeah, I love trombone. Yeah. I love a fat low end. Yeah, I, that to me yeah. is like. Yeah what music is about. Right. (laughs) You know, this really, and even in a small group like that, um, I mean, Mika gets a nice big sound, and um, so I, having, you know, tenor and and Barry in octaves sometimes is is a nice way Mm -hmm. to go, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I I just... Barry's perfect for your music. Barry is one of my favorite instruments. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I'm not really a big high-end person for some reason. I don't, you know, just not sure if it's just something about my my ear but uh, yeah I I like a a strong strong low end Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. three basses in a group would be great for me (laughs) (laughs) in fact in an industrial jazz group I would often have uh, barry and bass doubling Uh so you get that really nice big
1: low sound
0: so on the uh, on the uh, the the album release for the new album are you going to just play the album so uh, let's see that's December
2: 15th Mm -hmm. at Tabor Space it's all on the page here yeah with links (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so uh, the plan right now is uh, Jenny Wren is gonna open for us Mm -hmm. um, and then we're gonna probably play through the album and then I'm gonna I mentioned before how the industrial jazz group started out as a smaller group and I'm in the process of maybe reviving a few of Pieces that we recorded on the very first IJJ re- wow. record um, for this performance. So huh. let's we'll see if that happens. Huh?
0: Huh? With vocals?
2: No vocals. Okay. But um, the same wackiness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I used to play on, uh, on when I was uh, uh, when I was doing a jazz show. I mean, I'm doing a soul and funk show now, but I always used to play the one about getting a job.
2: The job song. Yes, the job the, song. The aptly named. One job of my song. favorite tunes
0: of all time.
2: <laughs> that seems to be popular. I don't know why. Why could it be? <laughs> why to could people? that
1: be?
2: <laughs> Is it because people don't like to
0: have a, have a quote unquote real job? It's possible. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, I may put that up on. Uh, on do you mind? Of course not. Okay. No. Um, so uh, when we come to the end here and I preview a tune from the album what mm. what tune do you suggest what tune do you recommend
2: well the tune that we've been using is the album opener uh-huh. um, which is called Flower Gun Song <laughs> and uh, yeah I have no comment on that title but um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah I mean it's it's high energy it's a little funky it's a little bluesy um and uh boozy well it could be boozy too i bluesy is what bluesy i, <laughs> I thought you said boozy <laughs> i think those days are over for me but um, well
0: there's always the memory right <laughs> one never forgets okay, there you go no matter what you're doing these days <laughs> it's things that have formed you right right <laughs> i used to love to get drunk i did too yeah uh, I don't get drunk anymore, but yeah. I I remember yeah. it.
2: Yeah, you know. Well, what you can remember.
0: Well, I... but I you know I was I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't an alcoholic, you know. I I, I but I I love getting drunk. Yeah, there's a certain charm to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come home, fix a you know girlfriend's there, friends over, fix a big thing of of uh, bloody Marys, and just get oh fucking drunk. Wow. <laughs> I never went for
2: hard liquor, but I could uh, drink beer and wine. Yeah, I see. Pretty well. I see. Yeah. My Irish
0: roots, like I guess. Like a pussy. So it'll be still be the core group. You're not going to expand uh, um, outside of that for the... No, for oh, it's going to be six-piece. Right? Okay. Um,
2: Tim okay. is not playing, but uh, Lee Elderton is nice. going to be playing with us. And nice. Lee also nice. has a long... I've played with Lee for a long time.
0: Wilcox is another funny guy. Wilcox
2: is a crack up.
0: He is. Yes. Yeah,
2: definitely. But very... Not everybody gets his humor. No. And that's great. Yeah. I think that's actually what makes it more endearing. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of respect for Tim Wilcox.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. I always,
2: always appreciate talking Uh, to you. It's always fun. And And, uh, God help
0: us all. (laughs) And with that... (laughs) We'll sign off.